0: Ooh, the next time, I think that our C should be conspicuous consumption. I'm just like thinking out loud.
1: We could go there right now.
0: Hey yo, welcome to the podcast. The liberated educators, the two brothers already and able, sit at the table. It's Ken and D. Linnea. Yeah hey, y'all, y'all they
1: doing this. this. They're purely intellectuals and equity enthusiasts. Creating change by shifting the conversation is critical to our culture, to our people, to our nation. And for the record, yeah, they
0: talking education. Yeah, they talking about building our own because we've been patient. A CPT concept, three different segments that's jam-packed with content we all can invest in. Breaking that chain called tradition, the critical conversations on issues. But y'all listen, yeah. they ain't talking about it late. Y'all just hearing it. Uh-huh. So sit back, relax, tune in, and be a part of this. You know how hard it is. They know you want greater. They know you want deliberated, educated.
1: educator. educator. Victory yeah. got House. It's not just two on oh, the microphone. I'm not freestyling because I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> the wackest bars ever, but we do have the best guest in the house. What's up, That's Victoria? Right. Hello. Back in the room.
0: Thank you for the Back input. on the block. And my dog is also here today, too, so he's going to be chilling with us today.
2: MC Rand
0: MC Rand MC
2: Rand that's right that's right MC Rand in the house Welcome back
0: Yes thanks for having me Excited It's to been be a here minute Yeah last time I was Jeez. here was it like last year like like last calendar yeah, year? Yeah what what has
2: <laughs> happened since you were since you were last a guest on the program Yo, wait, wait 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 I
1: have, <laughs> I have a theory and I need I need Victoria to prove me wrong okay. you know make some adaptations whatever it may be because right before you were going on one of your trips mm-hmm. you hit us up like we gave you the open invite so you know that it, straight up that's an open invite and you blessed us with the hit up in the chat and said so when can I be back on which first of all you you know I went crazy
0: Yeah, <laughs> so I went crazy
1: <laughs> first of all but I thought Okay, maybe Victoria has realized this is a spot where I could just get some stuff off my chest. Yes. So, it's, So what happened, sis? Yeah. What happened?
0: Um, in my personal life, I feel like things are going really well. You know, conferences and, and curriculum deals and books and blogs, and that's just really fun. But work's hard. You know, collaboration and working in schools is hard, especially in the middle of a pandemic, and we're all virtual, so... You know, I like having my spaces at work where I can be with my colleagues and we can talk about things like that. But even outside of that, it's just great to have a collaborative of folks like y'all where we can be, we can talk and we can be honest and we're kind of tangentially related with all of our work stuff, but we don't like explicitly always work together. So we find commonalities in all of our spaces and it's just cool to see how it plays out in different areas, so... I love being here. I could be here all day. <laughs> I would love, oh, to, be love to, to be here all day.
2: We could have you here all day. That's for sure. I, I love how you share that we kind of do our things and then uh, tangentially and-, and there's a degree of intersectionality or a crossover with that. Isn't that kind of like a family? Right? We yeah. all kind of do our own things, but we have a common bond, common thread. And uh, I- I'd like to say that all of our guests are a part of the Liberated Educator family. and. It's a thrill to have you back, and I'm just gonna put you on put you on blast right now. You're gonna have to come back again.
0: <laughs> I would love know. to and come we'll back treat, again. And yes. we'll treat
2: every time kind of like a little little mini family reunion. Yeah, you know, it's, I it's, ain't got friends, I got family. That's
1: right. Oh, let's go, let's go. Uh, so again, folks don't know we're always conversating before the record button is pressed, or sometimes the record button is pressed, but we. We have to keep
0: those those conversations
1: down. The lost tapes. (laughs) The lost (laughs) tapes to be released three years from now. (laughs) But one of the things that you mentioned, you just said it in passing. You were like, I was in in this training and it was a hot pile of garbage. You didn't say it like that, but that's how I interpret it. And um, you're like, you know what? I just pulled out my cross stitch on that one. And first of all, I was like, okay. Okay, sister, so cross stitch. So tell us more about the the cross stitching, and and is that is that release for you? Is that your emotional getaway?
0: So the last time I cross stitched before this year was probably fourth grade, fifth grade cross stitch club back when I was wow. in elementary school. So this year especially, and even last year too. When COVID hit and we're all kind of home and we're not traveling anymore and we can't really be out with our friends, a lot of my personal outlets were taken away because I'm a very social person. I feel like I get my energy from being around people. And then suddenly I go from, you know, going to restaurants and going to parties and going to parks and going hiking. And then I can't do that anymore. So, and of course, looking at a screen all day is not productive. So we were just, we meaning me and my wife are just kind of finding ways to be active and have like tangible release with something that isn't just staring at a screen or watching TV or playing a video game. So not that video games are tangible, but I really fell into cross-stitch just as a way to like take my mind off of things that are going on. And it's actually really nice too, because during meetings, if you hold it beneath your desk, nobody can see that you're cross-stitching. <laughs> so I've been doing that. <laughs> um, and then we also have like a pseudo space at our house. Um, it, it sounds more fancy than it actually is it's just like a couple of boxes of legos and you know sometimes we'll just lay it all out in like our day room and we'll start to create and we'll do that for about an hour a day just something to take our mind off of what's going on but yeah cross stitch is cool because it takes a lot of attention and um, it's also just very you know tangible you know you always have to be working with your hands you get to choose different colors so and you can create something beautiful out of it which i think is wonderful
2: I agree. You mentioned a couple of things there. One, makerspace in my home is my kitchen.
0: Mm-hmm. We're we're I love to cook, too. Uh, Word.
2: Yes. Uh, but you said no, that no, your first stuff. your first experience cross tissue was in the fourth grade. Was it part of the school program?
0: It was actually an after-school club.
2: Yes. An after-school club. So that leads me to something that is an epiphany I've had for quite some time now. And Dee and I have had this conversation related to things like outdoor activities The lack of participation amongst uh, marginalized and oppressed groups Mm -hmm. in certain areas, my contention is it is more based on proximity and access than it is on lack of desire.
0: Absolutely. And you just
2: brought up something that I think is critical for our audience to know is you just mentioned how beneficial cross-stitching was to you in the fourth grade, and you just now picked it back up. Mm -hmm. And we always hear about creativity, creativity, creativity in school. Well, what opportunity is actually truly being provided to students that is aligned with being creative?
0: Right. Yeah. And my school is lucky enough to have a makerspace. And we actually have a makerspace specialist. So, so, quite frankly, I owe this to Christine, right? So, Christine's our makerspace specialist, and she was the one that put together all the little baggies for students. And, and I just asked, I said, hey, I haven't done cross stitch since I was nine. <laughs> you know, as an adult, I know that you're doing this with uh, you know, a couple groups of kids, but could I come and just learn alongside you? And she said, oh, of course you can. So, it's been really good to just have that outlet and then also see, you know, the joy with the kids as they learn. It's just been wonderful, wonderful. And to your point too, Ken, like, you know, my wife and I go on trips all the time and we were recently in Disney World, because of course we were, we're big Disney Parks fans. And um, we were about to go on to Space Mountain and there was a, another black family. And the little boy said, look, mom, another black family is here. Isn't that so cool? And that was a moment where I feel like I was made very aware of just representation and my race. Because a lot of the folks that go to Disney, like I could probably count on one hand the amount of Black fam other Black families I've seen in Disney World. Not just me growing up and going to the parks, but also me now as an adult going with my wife. So that was a moment where I was like, "Hey, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of unique." And 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 also very interesting that he pointed that out cuz when I was a kid, I don't think I ever would have thought to do it. But I know that my my parents are very big on representation. So like if we're at a restaurant here in Seattle, they're like, look, there's another black family. Look, that's great. (laughs) So I guess it's just dependent on on who you are.
2: It is. You actually reminded me of a conversation I had with my father when he was alive where Uh, And again, we'll save us for another episode that Dee and I have had this conversation on the outdoors where my dad was a hardcore fly fisherman. And I love going hiking and being in the outdoors. And in fact, I've gone uh, fishing with a couple of ed tech educators who are good friends of mine in Montana. We were on the uh, the Blackfoot River, which is uh, the river that a river runs through. It was filmed on. And I was there with my uncle. My father wasn't able to make it. Uh, on that trip and unfortunately passed away before we planned the, the next trip around but i was always like H- how come there's none of us out here on right. the river?
0: Yep. how come
2: there's none of us in the outdoors how come every time i go hiking i don't see anyone else that looks like me i know we exist i actually follow a number of instagram feeds where you have Everything from black to uh, Japanese to Korean to uh, Native peoples—that they are talking about like the, an inclusive outdoor experience, whether it's hiking, photography, fishing. Uh, I I go I go whitewater rafting when I can. Um, in the winter, I'm I love going skiing and boarding, and, and that's why when you mention the cross stitching, I always just ask the question: Is it a lack of desire or is it a lack of access?
0: Right ooh, the next time, I think that our C should be conspicuous consumption. I'm just like thinking out loud. Because because (laughs) I feel like in white spaces, because I feel like in white spaces, conspicuous consumption- go there right now. Right, like I feel like in white spaces, conspicuous consumption is very gatekeepy, right? Like, look at me in my planes, look at me traveling, like, oh, buy this product. But I feel like in a lot of BIPOC and BBIA spaces, the conspicuous consumption is very inclusive. And it's very, yeah. you know, like, let's make sure that we have access. Let's make sure that you right. have what you need. I feel like there's well, well, a. You, you there's just a market used for that. key word. Yeah. yeah.
1: Make sure that we, mm-hmm. right? And that whole idea of, of collective exactly. opportunity versus, well, I can. it's
0: mm-hmm. up to you if
1: you can't. Right. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but because we're going to have you here as a regular guest. <laughs> I, I, I have a proposal. The first one is, is that we come up with an alternative intro for just for you. Like what? we're going to have to do it just for you. <laughs> but secondly, so folks would like to um, know you a little bit better. So we, we know about MC branch.
0: Yes. My dog.
1: We know that you cross, cross stitch. Mm-hmm. What else do you do just to pass time?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I cook and I bake a lot. That's probably what I do to pass the time the most. I'm definitely the cook in the house. My wife does not cook, but she cleans, so that's really wonderful. Um, More things that I do, you know, especially since we are newish Washington residents, just spending time outdoors. And that's something I felt like we could never do when we were in South Carolina, not because it wasn't there, but because it was just so dang hot. Like I would step outside and it would be 100 degrees with 100% humidity and that's not, you know, conducive conditions for anything. Uh, So we would just spend the time, especially here, just going outdoors and being outdoors. Um, Yeah, we just like to get out, of course, of the house as much as we can. And now that's a little bit limited, but with the weather getting nicer, it has been nice to, just be outside and it and, and enjoy ourselves
1: you and Val Brown would just love to vibe on yes. getting outdoors as as a stress release so th- this is the theme that I'm I'm picking up on and that is that you you don't mind taking care of yourself
0: correct I'm a big 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 self-care advocate
1: mm. give us some tips
0: Ooh. Actually, let me pull up the presentation I did with Q. Oh, oh, oh
1: wait, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, I, I did an entire presentation on educator self-care in the age of COVID, because this is a topic I feel so passionately about, um, because we're not taking care of ourselves, and we, we can't pour from empty cups, and some of the stuff that administrators are asking us to do is just ridiculous. Some of the stuff that, you know, expectations are just absolutely ridiculous, so... For me, I think my biggest tip that I always give folks and I specifically embedded it into that presentation is, it's okay to have hobbies. And I feel like my generation in particular, you know, I'm 27, we've lost hobbies and everything has to be a side hustle. So I've got friends that that will cross stitch, but then they sell it on Etsy or you're like, they've got, you know, different types of quilts. And then somehow it ends up in, in like a farmer's market it's okay to have hobbies. And if you don't want to sell something or have something that creates monetary value, then that's totally fine. You're allowed to have things for yourself. Um, And and when I said that in the presentation, everyone's like, whoa, (laughs) hobbies. I I forgot about hobbies.
2: Yeah. Remember those? Right.
0: Hobbies? What? (laughs) Like hobbies? And then another thing. My hobby
1: is grading papers.
0: Right. Yeah. So speaking of that, There's no badge of honor for working 60 hour weeks or 80 hour weeks or 70 hour weeks. No one's gonna plop a badge onto you or a gold star onto your forehead. There's no award for that, so why are you doing it, right? The work is always going to be there and as daunting as that sounds, if you can't get it done between your contract hours or however you feel comfortable working, and comfortable is that word, right? Um, Then you're going to have to find time to balance it out. So always take care of yourself and your family first, right and then the community second and then work for me is third because you're more than the sum of your job duties and i think that sometimes especially in education the sum of our worth is teacher right or or principal or counselor and that becomes our identity but we are more than our job titles and that's really important for folks to understand
2: You are connecting to the episode that you were on before around valuing our time and the value of our time. And I know that you... You did a blog posting on that, but you also just brought up something I think is critical uh, for the audience to know because we've actually unpacked and examined and sl- quite frankly interrogated capitalism in another episode is a whole idea that if I'm busy, I'm productive and I'm only valued based on how busy I am and being productive. And I love how you just talked about you're not going to get a badge of honor for putting in a 60 hour work week. Yet if you notice, that's what a lot of people do. I work hard. To me, that phrase is a... Um, It's a red flag. If someone's uh, if they use in their descriptors of themselves, I work hard. Well, guess what? So what? A lot of people do. Mm -hmm. My whole thing is we should value more around, like you said, I work efficiently. I allow space and time for the reset button. One of the things I share in many of my talks is self-care is not selfish. And the first step is to recognize that self-care is not selfish. And to your point, you can't pour from an empty cup.
0: Yeah, I just actually got off of a call. That was when I had to like hop back and hop hop off and hop back in, because there was like an urgent issue that wasn't really urgent. And then I said, okay, I gotta go because I'm taking lunch and I'm doing a couple other things. And you know, the person I was speaking with was, well, what do you mean you have to take lunch? I haven't eaten all day. I've I've been like you know sipping water all day, and I'm I'm like that's not okay. (laughs) You know, like you you need to take a break and you need to eat something. Go grab some apple juice, you know, like a mandarin, something, (sighs) something where you need to literally sit down and and take a break because for you to brag to me about only drinking water since six o'clock in the morning and i'm looking at my clock it is 3 p.m pst so you've been just surviving on water for nine hours no go outside touch some grass get some food and then you can come back and and if you want to
1: First of all, someone else's lack of planning does not constitute my emergency. Seriously. Yeah, right,
0: and yeah. this your was so your say, part
2: does not constitute an emergency well, on mine. And then as soon, that, that, as, the, I, the,
0: as soon as I hopped onto the call, I'm like, y'all, this is not an emergency. This could have been an email. And this could have been taken care of oh, on gosh. Monday. Like, it is, like, urgent, urgent. It's, it's not urgent, y'all. Nope. It's not urgent. Nope. Nope. No. No. Nope.
1: No. Nope. And secondly, whatever I do to get in my healthy space... So that I can continue to do what I'm doing well mm-hmm. is what I do. Yep. I mean, you, you literally changed the program. Like, so for, again, the folks that don't know, we have the conversations, we have the pre-planning, we discuss what we're going to talk about. Right. And then you shared what you shared and we started changing the plan. Like, you know what? This probably, this is probably what we all need. We need right. a little therapy today, mm-hmm. even if it's just a short discussion on a Friday because that in and of itself is the healing that I know I need at the end of this week.
0: Definitely, yes.
1: So you got any other uh, therapeutic helpful tips for us?
0: Well, I have a spa membership, but I think that's unique to me.
1: <laughs> I do have a spa membership.
0: <laughs> yes. and, and I go once a month to get a <laughs> massage, and it's the best 80 minutes of my life. And I just, like, go during my lunch break, and it's and it's absolutely wonderful. And, you know, I have, like, a big breakfast that morning to compensate, and you I'll snack throughout the day, but sometimes it's needed. Like, there are times when I have meetings, and I had a meeting the other day where I was so stressed at the end of it. And I know that y'all don't watch The Real Housewives, but I had a Dorinda moment where I literally at one point said, I think everyone's behaving very poorly, and, and, and I just need to step away from this right now, which is something that she said in one of the episodes. But, um... But yeah, it,
1: you put me on the turtle dance.
0: Turtle time, yeah. Turtle, turtle time. time. That's what it's. Yes, yes. And I literally turned to my wife, Courtney, and she's like, "Do you think that we need like turtle time tonight? With just like having wine and just like bacon cookies?" I'm like, "I, I, I think we need turtle time. You know, because sometimes when you step away from folks and it's that stressful when you speak to them. I've had a couple of moments like that this week, and for me, it's best to disengage and walk away, and then I'll do what I need to come back into the headspace." Another thing that I do that's not spa related, but kind of is just setting those boundaries. So after I had the meeting with that person the other day, they called me five minutes after I said I need to step away for a little bit and I will let you know when I'm ready to reengage into this space. I didn't even get like 10 minutes. I got five. They called and I was like, I know I like I did not even respond. And um, I was able to come back later on and have a conversation, but I did mention that as a boundary for myself and for us as a collaborative team, when I say I might need some space, I would expect for you to give me that space instead of just automatically jumping into problem-solving mode. That, that's not something that y'all need to be doing. And, and they were very receptive of that feedback, but they were kind of taken aback because I don't think they'd ever been in a position with someone that has set a boundary like that. So we'll hope that the boundary maintains. And if it's not, I will keep reiterating it because that's what I do.
2: That's the important part of one, being able to utilize our voice and recognizing the spaces that we're in. And you actually bring up something that I have found to be problematic when it comes to schools and social and emotional learning programs and quote-unquote wellness and mindfulness. How often, let's just say how often by design or by deliberate action, are educators or even more importantly students given the space you talked about like what's going to happen if a administrator a teacher or a student says okay i need five to ten minutes of, of space to myself and time to myself to essentially hit the reset button then i can re-engage and how often are any one of those individuals in varying roles right. said no you have to focus on what we're doing now no now it's like sometimes we don't need an hour, we just need a few minutes because I, what I have found mm-hmm. for myself, which is one of the reasons why I love these recordings, because in all honesty, uh, and this is for the audience, while we like sharing our wisdom, sharing our guests, sharing our time, this is therapy for me as well. It's my ability to share my thoughts, to be able to engage in dialogue with my BFFD, to be able to have amazing guests like yourself. All of our guests, there's something that people should know. Every single one of our guests have been uh, bucket or cup filling for me as one of the co-hosts of the podcast. And every single one of our guests have asked us in varying ways, when can we come back? And so think about what that does around the space that is designed for you to be your whole true authentic self, to be responsive to whatever needs you have, to be engaging in the dialogue that you want to have. And we have a platform that we're able to share that with others. And I I just, I'm, I'm glad that you, you felt empowered and emboldened to say, I need the space and I'm going to take it. Right. And then you didn't get the response of no too bad. So before we end, I just want to want to give you an opportunity to just share. You've shared a lot of strategies, but I think it's really important for our audience to just kind of encapsulate just your overall feeling around what was the catalyst for you to say I need the space and I'm going to take it.
0: Ooh. So this kind of goes into what we're talking about with the T. Um, because I've seen quite a few traumatic images of black folks, brown folks, you know, BIPOC, BBIA, And it's been really challenging for me as a black woman to kind of sit in meetings like that and go through that. And, you know, with, with lots of different people from different walks of life, but without trigger warnings. And then also without like actionable dialogue afterwards. So, you know, the way that some of the spaces that I'm in conduct equity trainings or maybe just affinity spaces or you know whatever have you is typically the people of color are put into one group but then there's also a group that rolls up of white folks that have done you know these types of trainings before and you know as much as I enjoy working with lots of different types of people sometimes especially in spaces like that I I just want to be around people who look like me right and you know then we can maybe all talk about our separate experiences and then come back as a group so we can share I was looking for a safe space and I didn't get that and there have been a couple of times just independent of seeing images like that this week where I did not get that and um, for me I it's just not something that I do. Right. If I feel uncomfortable and if I feel like I'm not at a space where I can best engage, then I leave and then I come back. Of course, this doesn't happen all the time, but this week was really heavy for stuff like that. So I kind of refer to that as like trauma porn. Right. So one of the images that was shown was of the insurrection on the 6th of January at the capitol building. And then the image that was directly after that was a picture of two black women being pepper sprayed. No trigger warning. And then the um, prompt was to comment on the resilience of people of color, specifically black women, in the face of adversity. What the hell is that? Like, 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 what the actual hell is that? And why would you think that that would ever be something appropriate to juxtapose? Right? If, right. Like, if I think about pictures for resilience, the last place my mind goes is police brutality. I think of all the good that black women and black folks put into Thank the you. world, right? Thank like, you. right? I think of small business owners. I think of chefs. I think of mathematicians. I think of scientists. Like, I think about obstacles that they have overcome and I highlight the achievements first. Then, it, it, even if that, then we can get to some of that other stuff. But they went straight for the trauma, straight for the pictures and for white people to also be in the group. It just seemed a little bit conspicuous to me. So that trauma porn is highlighting images that would be harmful to folks that are in communities of color in order to kind of spotlight and show white people or people of color who might not be as versed in this kind of stuff as we are, like, hey, this does exist, by the way, I'd like you to comment on it. And to me, that's not okay. So I decided to opt out.
2: Good. I would say that if you're going to highlight resilience, do it from a perspective of excellence rather than a perspective of trauma. So, well, we appreciate you being on the pod. We got to have you back. We're going to analyze the whole phrase of safe space the next time you come back. And for the audience, we uh, I hope that you'll take uh, the strategies that Victoria shared to heart and start to embody elements of self care. Remember, self care is not selfish. If we are able to fill our cup, then we can pour into the cups of others. And ultimately, if we take care of ourselves and then we're in ability to take care of others, I'm going to say it, that will lead to collective liberation. Yes. So thank y'all for tuning in. Victoria, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank Please you. make sure you continue to take care of yourself. We will have you back. Thank you.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Yes, sir. There you have it. That's our girl, Victoria Thompson, once again, blessing us with her wisdom and her therapeutic spirit on the Liberated Educator podcast. We look forward to her coming back once again and as often as she wants. Uh, For those that are listening, thank you for listening. We also ask that you would continue to like and share. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe so you can get the next drop automatically to your favorite places where you like to listen to your podcast. Once again, we thank you for joining us and thank you for supporting us on this journey towards collective liberation. We'll see you next time.